Welcome to Restored for Life with Pastor Ben Harris, the senior pastor at Restored Community Church, where God's perfect word restores imperfect people. Here's today's message from Pastor Ben. Good morning, friends. This week we celebrate Thanksgiving as a nation, but the topic of Thanksgiving began a long time before America came into existence. The oldest book in in existence, the Bible, informs us that we are to give thanks to the Lord for his marvelous attributes as God and his wonderful works and his provision to his people. All of creation cries out his power and his glory. All of creation is evidence that there is a God that created all of this and no one has an excuse for not seeing his evidences and believing in him. One day, all of humanity that's ever lived will stand before Jesus, and those that have rejected him as God will stand and be judged by him. And the Bible tells us they'll be without excuse because just by looking at nature, just by looking at what we can see around us, that's enough evidence for us to have known that there is a God. Scripture provides us with some very specific instructions to our response to these and other truths that are always before us. We're to be thankful for him. In Psalm 100, King David wrote these words, make a joyful shout to the Lord, all you lands. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come before his presence with singing. Know that the Lord, he is God. It is he who has made us and not we ourselves. We are his people. and the sheep of his pasture. Enter into his gates with thanksgiving. Enter into his courts with praise. Enter or be thankful to him and bless his name. I underlined all three of those. For the Lord is good, his mercy is everlasting, and his truth endures to all generations, including this one. In Psalm 116, one through four, we read, I love the Lord. My voice and my supplications because he is inclined his ear to me. God wants to hear from you. He, in fact, he's inclined his ear to listen to you when you pray because he has inclined his ear to me. Therefore, I will call upon him as long as I live. The pains of death surrounded me and the pains of Sheol laid hold of me. I found trouble and sorrow. Then I called upon the name of the Lord. Oh Lord, I implore you, deliver my soul. Unless you think this is simply an Old Testament concept, Paul exhorts us with this command from 1 Thessalonians 5, 16 through 18. This was my Aunt Pat's life verse. I'll I'll never forget that. She wrote this at the bottom of the notes she would send me and and uh, it's so powerful. Paul writes, Rejoice always. Pray without ceasing. In everything, give thanks. For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. It is literally God's will that you and I are thankful towards Him. For many, thanking God is merely a rote sentence of appreciation for the food we eat and the day that we're given. But it's so much bigger than that. And, and there are times when I just, sometimes I just, 
I realize what I've just done. I've, I've just thrown a prayer at God that was wrote. And then I have to stop and go, sorry for that. Lord, and then I talk to him. And he wants his children to come to him. Just like we as parents and grandparents, many of us, enjoy when our kids come to us and go, hey, Dad, I, I really appreciate this. It means so much. Thankfulness needs to become the spiritual breath of our lives. We breathe in a blessing that God has just given to us, and we breathe out, thanks, God. I know that was from you. I appreciate that. Or we breathe in an attribute of God's nature that suddenly comes to mind, like love, for example. Father, I, I, I so appreciate your love for me. You love me so much that you sent your son down to die for me. That just means so much. The great Christian author G.K. Chesterton once said, I would maintain that banks are the highest form of thought. Think about this. I, I've read this 12 times, and I don't think I'm at the end of it yet. I'm still parsing words. Yeah. I would maintain that banks are the highest form of thought, and that gratitude is happiness doubled by wonder. I agree with that. It's recognizing that came from you. Thank you, Lord. And that when we do that, our gratitude that we suddenly feel in our heart is doubled when we give thanks to the one who gave that gift to us. When we pause to consider the wonders of our God, it doubles our joy. We're called to rejoice always, pray continually, and give thanks in all circumstances. Not just in the good times, but in the very difficult times of life. So let's open our hearts and minds as we pray together today. Heavenly Father, we come to you again in prayer to offer up our praise and our wonder of you today. Help us, Lord, to open up our hearts and our minds right now that we might lay hold of these powerful truths about being a thankful people from your word. Lord, you have called us to give you thanks in the joyful and happy times of life, and you've called us to do the same in the difficult and the hard times of life too, as a way of turning our thoughts and our disappointments and our hearts to the one who can see us through those difficult times. Thank you for being our joy and our hope, the everlasting God and our good, good Father. In Jesus' name we pray. And all God's people said, Amen. This week I've titled my message, Living a Life of Thankfulness. And today I want to give us some reminders of how we can ratchet up the joy and the fulfillment in our lives by becoming more purposed and effective in the thankfulness of our lives. We can live a life of thankfulness by first remembering the attributes and character of God. Often we need to remember who God is and who we are. We see many of these attributes through His revealed names throughout the Scripture. And uh, today I just want to give you three of the many that I could give you. Letter A, Jehovah Jireh, the Lord who provides. He is the one that provides for all of our needs. Anything that you need in life, He provides. Now, He doesn't necessarily give us our wants, all the wants we want, 
but he will give us everything we need to carry out the mission that he's given to us. And as we give thanks to God, remember he is the great provider of everything, everything good in our lives. And then letter B, he is also known as Jehovah Rapha. He is the Lord who heals. The great healer is able to restore us to health spiritually, physically, and emotionally. There's nothing too big for God to do. And then also he's known as Jehovah Sidkenu. The Lord is our righteousness. The Lord, our righteousness. One of the most frequent thanksgivings should be for the one who saved our souls. Through Jesus Christ, we were able to trade our sin for His righteousness in what I call the glorious exchange where God sent His Son down to planet Earth. He lived the perfect life so that He could become the perfect sacrifice, the perfect spotless Lamb that was required to expunge our sin. He's the only one that could ever do it. And so He died on the cross. He shed His blood in our place. And then He turns around and offers the glorious exchange of I'll give you my righteousness and I'll take your sin and I'll wear your sin to the cross and I'll crucify it there for you. Thank God for His perfect and holy attributes and nature. Thank God that He loves us so much. He wants to give them to you and I. We can live a life of thankfulness by first remembering the attributes and character of God and second, remembering the blessings and provisions of God. When we think about our lives and all that we have been provided, it's clear that we owe everything to the Lord. He is the one who created us. He is the one who sustains us. And He is the one who provides what we need for life. Every breath you take, every move you make, every step you... No, oh, that's another song. <laughs> God, I got off on that one, I think. Um, let's, try, let's try this again. Every beat of your heart, our health, our home, our full pantry, our friends and family is a gift from God. And so it's only right that we should be thankful to Him. And it's not that we... I think, I think oftentimes it's not that we believe we did it ourselves. We just simply forget to thank Him for His provision. And it's about our lives in such a way that, uh, that live our lives in such a way that reveals our gratitude towards Him. In Scripture, we see this idea of thankfulness over and over and over and over. I, I like Psalm 100. David, when he tells us to enter his gates with thanksgiving. So we're to, now he's not even talking about the interaction between us and God. He's, we're clear back outside at his gate when we come in to the presence of God. Before we come in, we're to enter into that presence or that time with him with thanksgiving in our hearts. Enter his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. Be thankful to him and bless His name. This isn't just a command for when we're in church. It's a command for how we live our everyday lives as well. And let me tell you this, the more thankful that you and I become, the more joy that we experience in our lives. But what does this look like in practice? How do we live a life of thankfulness? Well, letter A we need to make thankfulness a habit. 
Every day that we live, we've got grooves in our lives, and you probably know this, that where we do the same thing in, in the mornings and in the afternoons and in the evenings, we just have this groove. You know, we all have a bedtime groove. You know, you know what that groove's like. You know, brush your teeth, comb your, well, you don't have to comb your hair, but, you know, and then you're in bed and you didn't even think about it because you've got that groove going in your life. Maybe you get up in the morning and the first thing you do is reach for the coffee pot. Whatever that groove is, we need to create a new groove and that groove needs to be the thankfulness groove. That we at this time of day or at this, you know, uh, whenever this happens, whenever we recognize God's hand, whenever the Spirit goes, wow, what a blessing that was, we go, yeah, thank you, Lord, for this. Thank you so much. Because without it, I'd miss it. We need to make thankfulness a habit. Usually this isn't something that comes natural to us. That groove, we have to make it ourselves. We're often quick to complain, but we're slow to give thanks. Too often we come to church and mindlessly sing worship to the Most High God without even giving one thought to the one to whom we worship. And I'm talking to myself. There are times I come in here and the kids have, you know, have done something. Or maybe it's just bad news. Maybe it's just, it's just life, right? Life happens. And then you run into church and you sing songs. And I catch myself sometimes halfway through worship going, what am I doing here? God, I'm here for you. I'm not here to recite all the things that went wrong today. Now is the time that I want to worship you. And sometimes I just have to get myself right with Him and then begin to sing and worship God. And the more we practice thankfulness, the more natural our worship will become. We can start by thanking God for the simple things in our lives, for His love for us, for His offer of salvation to us, His love for his provision of food, housing, a warm church family, for the finances he's provided to us, for the health we possess. And as we do this, we'll start to see his hand in everything. The more you give thanks to God, the more the Spirit goes yes. And he pulls the curtains back a little wider. Oh, and, and, and God, I thank you for this too. I just realized this was from you. I just realized this was actually an answer to prayer that I prayed a year ago. God, thank you for that. I recognize this is from you. Letter B, we need to thank God in all circumstances. This can be hard, especially when we're going through tough times. But even in the midst of hardship, there are always things for which we can be thankful. We can thank Him for His presence in the lonely hospital room, for the support of family, or that loyal friend in our lives or the comfort of a warm home. Maybe it's the beauty of an Idaho sunset. Have you ever just breathed out something like, wow, God, you're amazing. <laughs> this is beautiful. Or maybe the snow-capped mountains in winter. Whatever good things bring us joy, we can thank God for those. And as we do, we'll find that our circumstances don't seem quite as overwhelming as they once did. And then let her see, we need to thank God for what He's going to do. Hebrews 11.1 1 tells us this, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. This is perhaps the hardest part of thankfulness. It's easy to thank God for the past. I can turn around and I can trace His finger in my life many times. Thank you, God, for that. Thank you, God, because I see them. 
And, and I can thank him for the present things that he's doing in my life. But it's a little harder. What is he going to do out in the future? But we can trust God. We can be confident with our future. And that's something to thank him for. We can thank him in advance for his provision, his guidance, and his protection. And as we do, we'll find that our faith grows more and more as we're thanking him for things that haven't even happened yet. And the people, it, it, just, it just helps us grow our faith when we look ahead. We can see what he's done in the past. We can see what he's doing right now. And so we can pray and give him thanks for what he's about to do in that building in the future. God has been so good and he's already showing us his faithfulness in providing for our financial needs and bringing people with like-minded and kindred spirits to reach the next generation for Christ. We can be thankful for future blessings because we have faith that they will come when God is ready to hand them to us. We can pray with hope. Hope is not just a wish or a dream. It's a confident expectation of good things to come. It's a certainty that is based on God's promises and His character. As we hope for future blessings, our hearts are filled with gratitude. We are thankful not just for what we have received already, but also for that which we will receive in faith. C.S. Lewis, another great mind, said this, hope is one of the theological virtues. This means that a continual looking forward to the eternal world is not, as some modern people think, a form of escapism or wishful thinking, but one of the things a Christian is meant to do. God designed us to look forward. God designed us to have a piece of us already in heaven. No matter what my day looks like, no matter what news I get, I know that one day I will see Jesus face to face. And that just helps me get through the day a little easier. And that just helps me to be a little more thankful than I was perhaps when I woke up. The forward-looking hope feels, fuels our gratitude. We're thankful for future blessings because we have a confident expectation that they will happen in God's timing. We can pray with, as we trust as well. Trust is the firm belief in a reliability truth, ability, or strength of someone or something, Webster says. In this case, we're talking about trusting God. We trust that He will continue to bless us even when we can't see the blessings yet. This trust fuels our gratitude. We can be thankful for future blessings because we trust God's goodness and we trust that He's already there. See, God, God, is, God never talks about tomorrow in his own view here. He's in the eternal present. He's already, if there are 20 more years, he's already 20 years down the line. He sees all of this happening in one moment. And he knows what he's going to do. He knows what he's going to give you. He knows when you're going to need it. He knows when the perfect time is to give that gift to you. Then we can pray with action. Gratitude is not just feeling of an ad or an attitude it's also an action gratitude is an action it's something we do we express our gratitude through our words and our actions we say thank you god and then we live our lives with generosity or kindness and we share what he's given to us with others as we can as we have opportunity as we express our gratitude for future blessings we are not just waiting for them to come 
we are actively living out our gratitude daily. We can live a life of thankfulness by first remembering the attributes and character of God. Second, remembering the blessings and the provisions of God. And third, remembering the deeds God has done. Remembering the deeds. That's why we have our Bible. We can look at God's nature. We can look at His character by what He's done in the past. Thousands of years He's been faithful to His people. Thousands and thousands since Adam and Eve. We get to read of God's faithfulness. And that should encourage us because when we're in the middle of the fight, when we're in the middle of the storm, sometimes we forget this. And we need to remind ourselves, God, I know You're here. I know You've got this. I know You're in the middle of this. I just need to trust You. And it's good that we go back and we read of God's faithfulness in the Word. In the midst of our gratitude, we find ourselves drawn to the deeds of our Heavenly Father in Scriptures. Let's take a moment to reflect on just a few of these deeds. Letter A, we see God's power in Scripture. The first deed that I want to show you we'll consider is found in Exodus chapter 14. Here we see the Israelites, they're trapped between the Red Sea and the advancing Egyptian army. Remember, Pharaoh said, you can go, and they left. And then Pharaoh thought about it and went, I hate them. And he sent his armies after them with the purpose of killing all of them. And so here comes Pharaoh's armies. There's mountains to the left and to the right, and in front of them, the Red Sea. They're trapped. They were terrified. They, they felt helpless. But it caused them to look up. And God, in His infinite wisdom and power, parted the Red Sea and allowed His people to cross over on dry land. This wasn't only a miracle, it was a clear demonstration of God's power and commitment to His people. He was willing and able to defy the laws of nature to ensure their safety. That's the God you and I serve. He can do anything. This is a deed that reminds us that when we're in between that rock and the hard spot, God can move mountains for us. We serve a mountain-moving God. Letter B, we see God's presence in Scripture. We can see another of God's deeds over in the book of Daniel. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were three Jewish men of unwavering faith. These three young guys were thrown into a fiery furnace for refusing to worship King Nebuchadnezzar. In the face of certain death, they remained faithful, and God, in turn, provided them the latest, greatest Nomex fire suit. <laughs> it didn't touch them. It didn't singe one of their hairs. Listen, no matter what you go through in life, God stands with you. You are never alone. And on planet Earth, for the rest of your life, you will never take a breath that God isn't standing right next to you, that He actually indwells you with His Spirit. He is there in your darkest moments. And then letter C, we see God's provision. Our third example comes from the New Testament in the book of Acts where we find Peter imprisoned and awaiting execution. But God, once again, demonstrating His love and His provision, sends an angel to free Peter from his chains and lead him out of the prison. This deed, like the others, is a clear demonstration of God's provision to His people. It's a reminder that even in our darkest moments, God provides 
working miracles on our behalf and will give us everything we need to complete our mission. God hasn't told us or given us our mission and then withheld what we need to complete that mission. He's given us everything we need. The Bible is full of God's deeds and you would do well to acquaint yourself with some of them in order to be informed and encouraged before the next storm hits. Get ready. The word deed in the original Hebrew is measa. It's used throughout the Old Testament to refer to the works of God, both in creation and His interactions with His people. I want to give you just a couple examples of where it's used, and it's used a lot. For example, in Psalm 66, 5, David writes, Come and see the works, the measa of God. He is awesome in His doing toward the sons of men. And then again in Exodus 34.10 we see it. And God said, Behold, I make a covenant. Before all your people I will do marvels such as have not been done in all the earth nor in any nation. And all the people among whom you are shall see the work, the measa of the Lord. For it is an awesome thing that I will do for you. And then letter D, we see God's grace. We see God's grace throughout Scripture time and time again. So what do you have thankful to be thankful for today? I've named some of the things which we can and should be thankful for. When was the last time you walked into church, opened up a heart of thanksgiving, and genuinely from the depths of your soul sang your thanksgiving to God from whom all blessings flow and meant every word? Restored for Life is a radio ministry brought to you by Restored Community Church. Visit RestoredCommunityChurch.org to learn more about Pastor Ben Harris and for service times. Join Pastor Ben next time as we set out on a journey to discover the authentic life as Christ followers through obedience to His Word.